0: Welcome to Voicemails, formerly known as Come in Ear Audio Dating. A new, more personal way to make yourself heard long play in our world of swipes and boats. A series of simple questions will now follow, designed to get your dating juices flowing. Speak after the beep and your answers will be added to your profile on our database for over 200,000 attractive single ladies to hear and review online. So remember, relax, be yourself and let's have some voicemail fun. Question 1. Tell us about yourself. Oliver, male, some would say excessively so. Live fast, drive fast, gym, self-help, standing reservation. Chrome counters, twin exhaust, handmade Italian loafers. I think you're getting the picture. bow, no surrender, Porsche, survival of the fittest, made to measure, market capital, chest wax, car wax, filofax, to the max. Let me upgrade your life. I win for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I feast on the bones of lesser men, but not in a gay way. And what you might call the full package. I work in international power finance, in a job even I don't pretend to understand, so you could never. I live at number one Manhattan Lofts in Battersea. Voted the coolest place to live outside actual Manhattan by Foxton's Battersea, who sold me the place, so they must know what they're talking about. Chart rundown Pinterest style, Sub-Zero fridge, Damien Hurst on the wall, a specially commissioned graffiti mural with my favourite motivational phrases from The Rock's Instagram. Temperature-controlled carpeted underground garage where I keep mental tropical fish. My box of 1980s motorsport VHS cassettes and my wall of 200-year-old samurai swords and ninja stars that I bought on eBay. I have a button on my phone that when I press it, it makes the lighting go like the inside of a laser quest. I practically live inside a copy of Arab Emirates GQ. My place is the hippest hotel you've never been invited to. I guarantee you'll have such a good stay, you'll be begging to pay the top room rates. I'm joking. I don't charge. Or do I? I I don't. I don't charge or pay, I might add. Actually, one time I paid, but it wasn't specifically for sex. There was a big charity function hosted by my ex, and I knew her new bloke from my firm, bloody Rupert tall hair would be there. I wanted to show them both I was doing great, so I hired a very good looking cool girl. She was Ukrainian and incredibly cold towards me. Her and Rupert chatted to each other in Russian and I felt like a sham. Nothing went as planned. We came home early, played Xbox in silence and then I called her a cab. She left her cardigan. Once when I was hung over I napped under it because it smelled nice. My pad has everything. Fire pit, bull pit, his and her sinks, 200-seat cinema with only two seats, just cause I can, fireman's pole, barista hatch, even one of those ticket machines you used to get when you were waiting to be served for Clark's kid shoes, except you will be first in line. To clear it up, I don't sell kid shoes from my flat. That would be weird. I'm a power lifter, power trader, power dresser, with a power blender for power shakes. The only thing missing right now from my power castle is a power queen to reign with a power king. And a bedside table to put my reading glasses on. I simply cannot find one that goes with the curtains. Full disclosure. I in fact live one below the penthouse. The people in the penthouse are really old and I've made a point of befriending them. Sometimes when they're away, I feed their cocker spaniel, Susan. On the right weekend, we can have a romantic breakfast on their roof terrace. We just need to make sure we clean up really well after ourselves and replace any cereals or tea bags we use. Scratch that, it's probably best to bring our own. They're weird and they're old and they'd notice that sort of thing. If we're feeling amorous, we could even have danger sex in their flat, in front of the view. It's probably not worth it as the place smells awful. Susan is incredibly gassy for a small dog. One day it will all be mine. The flat, not the farty cocker spaniel. I'd ever put down on day one, I wouldn't even blink. At the weekends... I'd like to escape the city life and head for the deep Surrey countryside where I was raised. This silver back in a suit needs to switch off beast mode sometimes and hear the sounds of nature, grasshoppers, birdsong, all silenced to fuck by helicopters landing on the golf course next door. It's a different pace of life down there, but with the exact same people you meet in West London, so it's not scary. Man, down on the Guilford Riviera, you can really hear yourself think. Be at one with nature and dress like a complete novelty country squire, but with little danger of ever meeting an actual farmer. Sure, I like to press eject on the big smoke and rock a totally different vibe when I'm down in the sticks. Quilted waistcoat and red moleskins replace Santrope denim whites and muscle-fit polo shirt. The official Ollie uniform when I'm pounding the urban trail, searching for urban tail. Boom. The one thing I never take off is my signature Shark Tooth Necklace. When I undo that top button, things can suddenly get a little da da dangerous And it reminds me of some of the wild and crazy things I did on my gap year. Like when I met a guy who offered to sell me a Shark Tooth Necklace and I bought it. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> country Life, the essential doctor's waiting room read, said it's essential for the modern gentleman to cultivate both a town and country jewel personality. I take this to the limit. Sometimes I even change into full yokel disguise, stick on a fake beard, and convincingly affect a limb from a vicious combine harvester accident. Why stop there, you ask? Well, I bloody don't. In 2011, I was had up on criminal charges for impersonating an elderly rural vet called Jethro Pennywinkle. Some might have suggested my actions were a little crazy, but A Little Crazy managed to successfully deliver 12 calves and four babies over the Christmas break with zero prior training. Don't take my word for it. Seems there's someone else in the room who can back me up. It's a baby human. sounds like Jethro Pennywinkle might not be gone for good after all. You can pay me in hugs. (laughs) All right, Pennywinkle, you soppy old fool. Enough from you. What a thoroughly good guy. I refuse to talk about any of this with my therapist. I tell him, Doc, we can park that in the already stuffed folder marked Balling Out of Control. He says maybe we should file it in the brand new file marked Split Personality Disorder and up our sessions to two a week. That guy cracks me up. Between us, I don't think those draws even exist. I totally made my one up. I live life so fast, I don't have time to sleep and it is truly exhausting. Sometimes I black out and lose entire days at a time and wake up in strange places. Tell me, Doc, is there a cute little draw for that one too? I highly doubt it. I never back down, never hesitate. I think things through after I've done them. Consequences are literally something other people have to explain to me. I'm not 100% perfect. At best, I'm 90 to 90-95% perfect tops, which is why I have two personal trainers, a spiritual guru for show, and several Weasley mates who dress just like me, but aren't as good looking as me, to laugh at all my jokes. Fitness is my religion. I'm like a fitness monk, except I have a full head of hair and I am allowed to fuck. My body is a well-oiled machine, and by that I mean I am literally covered in oil. My personality is a carefully created composite of Tony Robbins books I never finished, life lessons on winning from 80s Stallone movies, and a deep self-loathing masquerading as a detached arrogance. Boom. Sometimes when I'm nervous, I make lists when I talk and I give too much away. I drive a Range Rover Sport Arctic White for the weekends, a 911 front-wheel drive sleigh Porsche for the thrills and spills, and I have an original Quadrophina Vespa just to look good next to my breakfast bar. I have a timeshare on a chalet, two radio-controlled speedboats, and an all-consuming porn habit that makes the most basic human intimacy a challenge. I did it again! I almost forgot. What are you drinking? No, no you're not. That's a dreadful choice. You might have to forgive me if I insist on picking the wine. You see, I'm a part-qualified sommelier, but I only drink Red Bull. Say what? They tell me women think contradictions are sexy. Well, I'm a five-star cordon bleu chef, but I've never used my oven. I own 50 pairs of handmade brogues, but I can't even tie my own shoelaces. Again, perhaps I listed one too many. Regarding the oven thing, one time I did use my oven to bake conkers. Question two. Who are your heroes? Like everyone, I was a casual fan of Top Gear. I went and stood in the studio audience most weeks and laughed when they made fun of global warming and Mexican people. But my fandom was tested when Clarkson decked that champ for bringing him a sandwich, not a steak. What a legend! Other heroes of mine include all the big boys. Mad props to Brunel, Da Vinci, Gandhi because you have to say him, Churchill for bossing Britain's finest moment, and all the lads from Entourage. Not forgetting the straightest shooter in motorsport to ever wear a tash, Nigel Mansell. And of course, the entire Mock the Week crew for slaying the audience week after week with weapons-grade banter. That sort of withering sarcasm does not write itself. That's why I'm for the Rule Breakers. The Mavericks, Tom Cruise as Maverick in Top Gun. Unlike him, I write checks my body can cash. I write checks my bank can cash. And one time when I was in a hurry, I got confused. And I wrote a check for my body that my bank couldn't cash. So I had to clear up the misunderstanding with my bank and the person that I gave the check to in the first place. My ultimate heroes are Mum and dad. My father, Oliver Ajax Scythe Pellington Senior, is my one true mentor and the commander-in-chief of the Scythe Pellington family. We even had that put on a novelty cap for him. Cue hilarious photo of Pop wearing it whilst puffing on a Cuban and riding the tiny tractor we used to cut the front lawn. Last summer, I was also allowed to steer the tractor whilst Dad sat behind and did the pedals. Dad also lets me have a go on the barbecue when he takes loo breaks. Watch the throne, Dad! Uh, I mean the figurative throne. I don't mean... I'm, I'm not shouting after him when he goes on his loo breaks. Be, be careful sitting on the loo, although both work. I mean, if it was that, and, and Pam and Richard the neighbours were around, I would just quietly say it in his ear. I'm not a total arsehole. It's all about my mum, though. Or as I call her, my mum. My mother is my rock. Sure, sure. I've been called a mummy's boy by women in the past. Okay, okay, but if a man said that, watch out. Beating's gonna rain down. You see, I lash out when things get personal. It's kind of my thing. Never deal with it, and it can never touch you. Boom. Is it a crime to love one's mother too much? Oh, get your mind out of the gutter. How could I possibly compete there? The only woman that gets to lie with my father. My father has had many beautiful women. He keeps a scrapbook called Ollie's Totty of favourite cheeky Polaroids from back in the day. A lot of swimsuit action going on, you better believe. We have whiskey and cigar boys only nights where dad tells me swashbuckling tales of his past. Sometimes he gets too drunk, tears up and confesses his infidelities. Am I scared I'm turning into him? The therapist asks me. He sounds like a monster, he says. He is, I reply, a monster ledge. Question three. What do you consider your greatest achievement? I've achieved so many things in business and in life that if I stopped achieving for a second, I literally wouldn't know who I was. But I'm most proud of my relationship with my parents. I have few friends my own age, who could compete after all with mum's booming shepherd's pie and drunken nudie pics with dad. Word of warning, my mum's approval means everything. So sorry, if my mother doesn't like you, don't let the door hit you on your way out. Or on your way in. I've never understood that one, just don't get hit with doors. Or get hit by Mum. During one of her act-out phases, as Pops puts it, Mum bludgeoned him with a Nigel Mansell Toby jug and sprinted into the field behind the house in her nightie, howling like a wolf. Whew, it's hard to forget, and not just because she's been mute for the five years since. Man, that banshee cry of almost freedom chilled me to the bone. Dog said maybe it's a noise I wish I could make. When he said that, I suddenly wished he had an imaginary drawer big enough for me to crawl into, curl up inside and never come out of. I can't even bring myself to talk to her about it. We sit in the land here and make niceties about that night's shepherd's pie, or rather I do. She doesn't bloody talk, just scratches at the glass. I try and talk a little politics. I explain how I think George Osborne is an exceptional Tory leader in waiting. People just focus too much on how bad he is dealing with money and with human beings and with pretending to be a human being. If it's all three of us, maybe we sit and listen to dad go on some racist rant about the guy trying to wash his windscreen at the traffic lights. Or we may just sit through him performing another half-remembered Jimmy Carr routine. Or maybe it was a Jimmy Carr routine where he was being racist about the people who traffic lights who clean your windows. I don't know. Question four. What is love to you? A marriage like my parents is my ultimate goal in life. That and 2% body fat. My mother gave up work to raise me and my father made sure she never needed to return. Is that sexist? I would want to toil in the proverbial field to keep my lady in the same fashion. My father provides my mother with a lifestyle he insists is anything but sexist. He says, is a daily standing appointment at the hair and beauty salon in the village sexist? Four spa visits a year, sexist. £500 pocket money a week, £600 if she's good. A private doctor to prescribe copious anti-anxiety medication. All the equestrian magazines a woman can read. The fact that she barely needs to think for herself, sexist, he says. To be honest, listed like that, it does sound incredibly sexist. But mum is there and dad's arm at every major event in the calendar. Whether it's dad's birthday at the golf club, quiz night at the golf club, or he's treating her to a night out for her 60th birthday at the Motorsport Memorabilia Auction. At the golf club. In fact, as long as she's accompanied by him, she can visit the golf club anytime she wants, or on her own if she stays in the wives' lounge and coffee area. It was at that same auction where he bought her the Nigel Mansell Toby jug as a birthday present that she later tried to kill him with. I just put that together. Dad always says, though, why would she want to go back to the incredible stress of working as a QC when he bought her her own horse? My memories are of a man working all the hours God sends to afford to hire a string of incredibly attractive continental au pairs and send me away to boarding school to further lessen my mother's load so I didn't even live at home, meaning we didn't even need au pairs. He still did it, though, for my mum. My father cared for those girls like a series of surrogate daughters and for never longer than six months before they were rotated, he even took them on business trips. Oh, God, I'm really starting to join the dots. Question five. What are you looking for in a partner? Ollie's prospective buyers checklist. 1. Startling beauty with King's Road class and Thatcher-era power elegance. Think an Olympic team volleyball player, but dressed up for Halloween as Lady Jane from TV's Lovejoy, or vice versa. 2. 42-inch supermodel legs, but not taller than me in heels. Hang on, that's a 15-inch torso. Um, maybe I can make it up with a, with, a, with a tiny head. Listen, uh, do not try imagining or, or whatever you do sketching this. It'll be hideous. I haven't thought it through properly. Three, a dry sarcastic wit, but with a twinkle in her eye, like Sue Perkins. 4. Impeccable outer confidence that slips only when we lie awake at 2am in a cold sweat and we confess in the dark that we no longer know who the hell we are, that we sacrificed inner happiness for external perfection. But then I wake up to her looking hot and powerful, doing naked yoga while she rolls business calls to Hong Kong on speakerphone, and we act like our dark night of the soul never bloody happened. Then my executive goddess fires 5,000 factory workers in Cantonese while she blows me a kiss and stretches out her elegant four feet limbs. I've seriously got to get on those body measurements. I'm looking for the kind of soul cycle soulmate that James Blunt sings about on the greatest ballad of all time. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. Lover. Best friend. Someone I can talk to when I'm sad, but she's really fit, and so everyone will know I get to see her bottom when she changes for bed. Score. My father claims he's never been friends with a woman in his life. Says my mother's trying to steal his secrets when she looks at him. Dad makes some pretty big claims. He says he was at the party where Cameron allegedly dicked that pig. Says a press conveniently leaves out that he was double dead. And what kind of future world leader doesn't obey that most holy of schoolboy laws? Only a complete dick. Dad likes to joke that Jeremy Corbyn would have been too busy fretting over whether the pig had all 16 gender boxes on his dole form to whip it out and defile a farmyard animal for a bed like a real man. Sometimes Dad really has question of sport, God-level banter. Ugh, Corbyn. God, I hate that man. He's so bloody reasonable with his kind eyes and his... his... his morals. Sorry, I was just sick in my mouth a little bit. Question 6. Describe your perfect date. I'm sure by now you're picturing my reply involving rapper brand vodka, athletic yet tender sex in the suite at the top of the shard with an even more impressive view of my abs. Maybe James Blunt in the back. Whoa, singing in the back, that is. Hell, if it was possible to have him sitting in the corner acoustically scoring your every moan, I would. Gotta leave something special for the honeymoon. My perfect date is all about keeping it in the family, though. Double date with mum and dad. Boom. Imagine the aesthetic of a Dax knitwear ad, the kind you'd find in a 1980s in-flight Cathay Pacific magazine on a business flight to Singapore. The ones where everyone is wearing matching turtlenecks and laughing over fondue. Shepherd's pie and cold Clicquot by the fire with the rentals. You retire to the kitchen with mum to discuss me and make sure she doesn't do a runner, whilst Papa Shopper and I... We share a little bonding time with his old girlfriend porn. He shows me a picture I haven't seen. Summer of 1976 with the gang, all sitting around with guitars. Before, in his words, my father-in-law made me hand my bulls over to the firm. The old guy looks forlorn and I feel maybe I should give him a hug, but we don't do that. We're not queer. Out of the blue, he expresses his concern for how I'm living my life. Says he was the same age that year as I am now. He begs me not to grow cold and callous like he did. I stare at this faded image of a young man with the same eyes as me, and the past comes full circle. All I can think is, Wow, he had long hair! He had long hair! What a fool! Then after the Wrinklies retire to their separate bedrooms, we lie semi-naked, you top, me bottoms, on the sheepskin rug by the fire. I look deep into your eyes, and we share all my dreams and desires but one side of us is getting really hot from the fire and sweating on an old sheepskin rug is really gross. So, I lead you to my childhood bedroom, turn the Nigel Mansell pictures to face the wall, and I commit to 20 to 30 minutes of professional standard cunnilingus where you have an excellent orgasm. But if you don't, we don't feel weird because people make sex way too goal-orientated and maybe you're just tired because you do fancy me and you were almost there loads of times. You said so yourself. Then, After I tend to your rose garden, vagina, I gently rock you to sleep in my hammock that you sleep in whilst I take the bed because I'm a light sleeper and I freak out if people touch me while I'm having a dream as you're drifting off to sleep. What's that? Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. Of course it is. I'm only bloody serenading you. Now that is perfect bloody datage. Question seven. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? Um. Uh. I cannot detect your answer. Have you finished your answer to this question? Um. Lion. Lion. I. I'd. Uh, I'd be a lion. Yeah. King of the jungle. Incredible upper body strength. Copious ginger body hair. Ollie the lion. <laughs> Boom. New new nickname alert. Methinks. Uh, true, true story, actually. My mate, Chuckles, had business cards made with uh, Chuckles the Pussy Monster with, with, with his phone number on them. He uh, gave them out in bars to chicks. It was going well until someone stuck one up in the gents, found out his address and came round and beat him up at his flat. Um, apparently it's happened four or five times a week since. Ch- Chuckles, is, um, Chuckles is gay, isn't he? Good for him. Sorry, sorry. I've um, got to press pause on the tape here. Um, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I, uh, I've been, I've been hearing this whole thing back in my head. And, um, I, uh, I mean, I, th- I think I sound like I'm mentally ill. Um, you know, and, and this, this is uh, what's exhausting. Just overcompensating like an arsehole. Women as status symbols. I, I don't know a bloody thing about women. I don't, I don't know who I am. Th- the happiest I have ever been was as a make-believe 70-year-old vet. Plus, um i got to get down to, I've got to get my mum out of there for, for, for one thing. I, my dad is a bigger nut than I am. Yuck. Um, listen, listen, y- you've, be, you've been really helpful. I, uh, I hope that you find James Blunt-style love. But to be honest, it's not going to, y- y- you've, you've dodged a bullet. And um, I can't spare the time. I'm going to be bloody busy starting my entire life over. So, wow. Uh, cool. Boom. Boom sound Rats. Right, this did not work out the way that I I thought it would. Thank you for using Voicemails. Your answers have been stored and your dating profile is live. Watch out, ladies. It's about to get real. Voicemails is not responsible for what happens after your profile goes live. We trust you to be truthful in your answers and no guarantee of companionship or actual contact is promised. Membership is $49.95 a month for 24 months with a cancellation fee of 4,000%. Voicemails is written and performed by Tom Andrews. Mixing and editing by Ben Aiken at Another Tongue. And title music by Bernang.